Part Five Sonnets from an Ungrafted Tree of the Harp Weaver and Other Poems by Edna St. Vincent Millay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Five Sonnets from an Ungrafted Tree. One So She Came Back. So she came back into his house again and watched beside his bed until he died loving him not at all the winter rain splashed in the painted butter tub outside where once her red geraniums had stood where still their rotted stalks were to be seen the thin log snapped and she went out for wood bareheaded running the few steps between the house and the shed there from the sodden eaves blown back and forth on ragged ends of twine saw the dejected creeping jenny vine and one big aproned blithe with stiff blue sleeves rolled to the shoulder that warm day in spring who planted seeds musing ahead to their far blossoming two the last white sawdust the last white sawdust on the floor was grown gray as the first so long had he been ill the axe was nodding in the block fresh blown and foreign came the rain across the sill but on the roof so steadily it drummed she could not think a time it might not be in hazy summer when the hot air hummed with mowing and locusts rising raspingly when that small bird with iridescent wings and long incredible sudden silver tongue had just flashed and yet maybe not among the dwarfed nasturtiums when no sagging springs of shower were in the whole bright sky somehow upon this roof the rain would drum as it was drumming now three she filled her arms with wood she filled her arms with wood and set her chin forward to hold the highest stick in place no less afraid than she had always been of spiders up her arms and on her face but too impatient for a careful search or a less heavy loading from the heap selecting hastily small sticks of birch for their curled bark that instantly will leap into a blaze nor thinking to return some day distracted as of old to find smooth heavy round green logs with a wet gray rind only and knotty chunks that will not burn that day when dust is on the woodbox floor and some old catalogue and a brown shriveled apple core four the white bark writhed the white bark writhed and sputtered like a fish upon the coals exuding odorous smoke she knelt in blue in a surging desolate wish for comfort and the sleeping ashes woke and scattered to the hearth but no thin fire broke suddenly the wood was wet with rain then softly stepping forth from her desire being mindful of like passion hurled in vain upon a similar task in other days she thrust her breath against the stubborn coal bringing to bear upon its hilt the whole of her still body there sprang a little blaze a pack of hounds the flame swept up the flue and the blue night stood flattened against the window staring through 
five the wagon stopped before the house a wagon stopped before the house she heard the heavy oilskins of the grocer's man slapping against his legs of a sudden whirred her heart like a frightened partridge and she ran and slid the bolt leaving his entrance free then in the cellar way till he was gone hid breathless praying that he might not see the cheer sway she had laid her hand upon in passing sour and damp from that dark vault arose to her the well-remembered chill she saw the narrow wooden stairway still plunging into the earth and the thin salt crusting the crocks until she knew him far so stood with listening eyes upon the empty doughnut jar six then cautiously she pushed then cautiously she pushed the cellar door and stepped into the kitchen saw the track of muddy rubber boots across the floor the many paper parcels in a stack upon the dresser with accustomed care removed the twine and put the wrappings by folded and the bags flat that with an air of ease had been whipped open skillfully to the gape of children treacherously dear and simple was the dull familiar task and so it was she came at length to ask how came the soda there the sugar here then the dream broke silent she brought the mop and forced the trade slip on the nail that held his razor strop seven one way there was one way there was of muting in the mind a little while the ever clamorous care and there was rapture of a decent kind in making mean and ugly objects fair soft-sooted kettle-bottoms that had been time after time set in above the fire faucets and candlesticks corroded green to mine again from quarry to attire the shelves and paper petticoats and tack new oilcloth in the ringed and rodden's place polish the stove till you could see your face and after nightfall rear an aching back in a changed kitchen bright as a new pin an advertisement far too fine to cook a supper in eight she let them leave their jellies she let them leave their jellies at the door and go away reluctant down the walk she heard them talking as they passed before the blind but could not quite make out their talk for noise in the room the sudden heavy fall and roll of a charred log and the roused shower of snapping sparks then sharply from the wall the unforgiving crowing of the hour one instant set ajar her quiet ear was stormed and forced by the full rout of day the rasp of a saw the fussy cluck and bray of hens the wheeze of a pump she needs must hear she inescapably must endure to feel across her teeth the grinding of a backing wagon-wheel nine not over-kind nor over-quick not over-kind nor over-quick in study nor skilled in sports nor beautiful was he who had come into her life when anybody would have been welcome so in need was she they had become acquainted in this way 
he flashed a mirror in her eyes at school by which he was distinguished from that day they went about together as a rule she told in secret and with whispering how he had flashed a mirror in her eyes and as she told it struck her with surprise that this was not so wonderful a thing but what's the odds it's pretty nice to know you've got a friend to keep you company everywhere you go ten she had forgotten she had forgotten how the august night was level as a lake beneath the moon in which she swam a little losing sight of shore and how the boy that was at noon simple enough not different from the rest wore now a pleasant mystery as he went which seemed to her an honest enough test whether she loved him and she was content so loud so loud the million crickets choir so sweet the night so long drawn out and late and if the man was not her spirit's mate why was her body sluggish with desire stark on the open field the moonlight fell but the oak tree's shadow was deep and black and secret as a well eleven it came into her mind it came into her mind seeing how the snow was gone and the brown grass exposed again and clothespins and an apron long ago in some white storm that sifted through the pane and sent her forth reluctantly at last to gather in before the line gave way garments bored stiff that galloped on the blast clashing like angel armies in a fray an apron long ago in such a night blown down and buried in the deepening drift to lie till april thought it back to sight forgotten quaint and novel as a gift it struck her as she pulled and pried and tore that here was spring and the whole year to be lived through once more twelve tenderly in those times tenderly in those times as though she fed an ailing child with sturdy propping up of its small feverish body in the bed and steadying of its hands about the cup she gave her husband of her body strength thinking of men what helpless things they were until he turned and fell asleep at length and stealthily stirred the night and spoke to her familiar at such moments like a friend whistled far off the long mysterious train and she could see in her mind's vision plain the magic world where cities stood on end remote from where she lay and yet between save for something asleep beside her only the window screen thirteen from the wan dream from the wan dream that was her waking day wherein she journeyed borne along the ground without her own volition in some way or fleeing motionless with feet fast bound or running silent through a silent house sharply remembered from an earlier dream upstairs down other stairs fearful to rouse regarding him the wide and empty scream of a strange sleeper on a malignant bed and all the time not certain if it were herself so doing or someone like to her 
from this one dream that was her daily bread sometimes at night incredulous she would wake a child blowing bubbles that the chairs and carpet did not break fourteen she had a horror she had a horror he would die at night and sometimes when the light began to fade she could not keep from noticing how white the birches look and then she would be afraid even with a lamp to go about the house and lock the windows and as the night wore on toward morning if a dog howled or a mouse squeaked in the floor long after it was gone her flesh would sit awry on her by day she would forget somewhat and it would seem a silly thing to go with just this dream and get a neighbor to come at night and stay but it would strike her sometimes making the tea she had kept that kettle boiling all night long for company fifteen there was upon the sill there was upon the sill a pencil mark vital with shadow when the sun stood still at noon but now because the day was dark it was a pencil mark upon the sill and the mute clock maintaining ever the same dead moment blank and vacant of itself was a pink shepherdess a picture frame a shell-marked souvenir there on the shelf once it occurred to her that he might be the mainspring being broken in his mind a clock himself if one were so inclined that stood at twenty minutes after three the reason being for this it might be said that things and death were neither clocks nor people but only dead sixteen the doctor asked her the doctor asked her what she wanted done with him that could not lie there many days and she was shocked to see how life goes on even after death in irritating ways amused how if he had not died at all twould have been easier then there need not be the stiff disorder of a funeral everywhere and the hideous industry and crowds of people calling her by name and questioning her she'd never seen before but only watching by his bed once more and sitting silent if a knocking came she said at length feeling the doctor's eyes i don't know what you do exactly when a person dies seventeen gazing upon him now gazing upon him now severe and dead it seemed a curious thing that she had lain beside him many a night in that cold bed and that it had been which would not be again from his desirous body the great heat was gone at last it seemed and the taut nerves loosened forever formerly the sheet set forth for her to-day those heavy curves and lengths familiar as the bedroom door she was as one that enters sly and proud to where her husband speaks before a crowd and sees a man she never saw before the man who eats his victuals at her side small and absurd and hers for once not hers unclassified end of part five recording by 
Annalisa Bodker. End of The Harp Weaver and Other Poems by Edna St. Vincent Millay.